0: Or three helps for serving someone into wholeness. My friends, we have a singular. Oh, we need to have our TV background. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to talk with you on the subject of Mephibosheth. <laughs> three or three helps for serving someone into wholeness. New Song Church has a very simple, singular objective, and we're very intentional about it. We, we have from the, this equipping center and from 26 small groups... A singular purpose. That's to serve people into higher and higher, deeper and deeper degrees of wholeness. So that we can experience the fullest measure of the abundant life that Jesus promises us and our families. So that we can experience the supernatural joys of heaven in ever-increasing experience here before we even go to heaven so that we can experience what it means not to abandon our humanness, but to experience, celebrate, and enjoy, and know the full meaning of what it means to be God's design to be fully, fully human. That's what wholeness is about. And God has called us to partner with him, both in our own journey, work out your own salvation, wholeness, with fear and trembling, for it's God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure, and also to partner with him in serving others into wholeness and this supreme happiness, this supreme intentional purpose that we are about is not just about what our singular goal is, but what the Bible calls us to as a singular goal to both work on, not in a, in a humanly work, uh, labor sort of a way, but working the Holy Spirit to recognize that we are being changed from glory to glory for, uh, into the presence, of, into, the per, into the image of Jesus um, by the Spirit of God and to partner with God to serve others in this way, to serve them into um, change from glory to glory, into the image of the supernatural resurrected life of of Jesus that is our destiny and God's um, intention for us personally and his strategy for the world in this hour. So the first help from this story I'm going to share in just a moment is of the three, three helps for serving someone to wholeness is, uh, first help is intentionality. It's not haphazard. It's not serendipitous. It's not something that happens automatically because we do something else. As a church family, as a church organization, as a church community, our face is set like a flint, not towards Jerusalem. But towards the New Jerusalem. And we do some things with intentionality in order to stir things up for you spontaneously, for yourself and for others. Let's read the story 2 Samuel 9, verse 1. Now David said, Is there still anyone who is left of the house of Saul? that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him to David, the king said to him, Are you Ziba? He said, At your service. Then the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? David was a political leader and a psalmist, a worshiper, but he was also a conveyor and a conduit of the supernatural, living, glorious, wonderful kindness of God. He had been hit by the kindness of God, and he knew that God's intention was for him not to be like this dead sea that has fresh water running into it and then none coming out and so it gets dead but like the Sea of Galilee that has fresh water going in and fresh water going out David wanted to partner with God to show kindness to someone who is in desperate need of experiencing God's kindness and Meshivapheth was the one that became the one he helped Now, Mephibosheth was Jonathan's son. Jonathan was King Saul's son and David's best friend. And Jonathan had been killed in battle along with his dad, Saul. And when Mephibosheth's nurse, we don't see anything about his mother in the passage. Don't know what happened to her. He was five years old. And his nurse picked him up and ran to get away from the Philistines who were, who were coming their way. She tripped or something, dropped him. And he injured both feet. Uh, they were, he became disabled for his whole life. Now, I had just had two grandsons this last, last month. Dominic and Luke. Both turned five in recent days. And I I love my grand my, I love all my grandkids, but I sure enjoyed celebrating their fifth birthday. Five-year-olds are awesome. Mephibosheth had a trauma happen to him when he was a little tight, five years old. He lost his daddy. Never to see him again in this life. That, that's got to be tough for a five-year-old. He lost his home, the home he was raised in, the palace he was raised in. Everything's now unfamiliar to him. And then the extreme pain with no anesthesia, no modern medical help. He's in a he was hurt. And he had this PTSD dynamic, I'm sure, happening to him. And through the years, growing up into young adulthood, this was part and parcel of his identity, this trauma. Then all of a sudden, King David, who he should have or could have been afraid of in normal circumstances, because if you were part of a family family, that was displaced by another king, it's likely you're going to be in trouble. But I want you to notice that David in this passage was intentional. It wasn't haphazard. It wasn't like, you know, he thought about and prayed about and sought after someone to help, and then he pressed into helping them. As we're going to see the story unfold. Now, I want you to know here at New Song Church, we're intentional about everything we do. Have you noticed that what you care most about, you spend time preparing for, thinking about, considering, working on what you what's most important to you? If you're if you're planning a vacation, many times you think months ahead. Mel and Jeanette, thinking about their 50th plus one year wedding anniversary. They're not just going to, oh, this is a day of. Let's get up and see what what we can pull together. (laughs) No, it's planned. There's intentionality. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I want you to know, my friends, that because, like King David was intentional, New Song Church is intentional about the prophetic. The prophetic helps bring bring people to wholeness. That's why we have prophetic classes. Marty's teaching one right now after after the service, on Sundays, after the service, one of our small groups. In other ways, we're intentional about stirring up the prophetic. Why? Because when we do intentionally, triggers and inspires a lifestyle for all of us of the spontaneous and the prophetic. Because we're intentional about, uh, some of our small groups our intercession groups. They do a lot of damage against the devil in and of themselves, but they also stir up private intercession as a lifestyle for our whole community, our whole culture. Teaching. In our small groups, we obey the word that says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. How? As you teach and admonish one another. As you teach and admonish one another, the word of Christ, the presence of Christ, dwells in us richly, but we become equipped to teach our children, to teach our grandchildren, to teach one on one. To our neighbors, to teach the truth to people that sets the people free, liberates them into wholeness, higher degrees of wholeness. In Hebrews, the writer of the Hebrews says, I'm sorry, guys, but you should all be teachers by now. Every single one of us, not just fivefold ministry teachers, but every single one of us have a teaching anointing because we have the Jesus anointing on us, and He was the quintessential teacher. It's a paradigm, a prototype for teaching. And we all have that that ability to speak truth, impart wisdom in in a way that sets the captives free as a lifestyle. And practicing in our small groups causes that uh, inspiration to happen as a lifestyle. It goes on. I could talk about how the healing rooms and how our small groups intentionally go after healing so that there's more spontaneous healings. There's more testimonies of deliverances now because Anthony is teaching a deliverance class as a small group. There's more spontaneous soul winning. I mean, um, Jeanette called me recently and said, I'm so excited. I prayed with someone to receive Christ that we've been praying for for a long time. And, you know, that's a spontaneous thing. And there's a continual flow of spontaneous testimonies for soul winning because we do Mission organs from time to time, and because uh, Andrew leads a small group every Thursday that is intentional as a small group. So that's kind of how it works. You all get it? Go like this. Okay. All right. Good church. My friends, if you spend a morning in bed, you feel fine. It's a good rest, a good break. If you spend a week in bed, it's probable that you'll totter a bit. If you spend a month in bed, your limbs that are meant for use have not been used, so the ability to use them is very, very compromised. What we do intentionally is a means of grace and God's favor to all of us to make those spiritual muscles work and keep in good shape. If we don't do these things intentionally, atrophy kicks in in the body of Christ. This became very real to me on Friday night as I was watching our team minister at the largest uh, skateboard park in America in Eugene. Just all these young people. It's just interesting to I just was enjoying watching the team minister. And then I saw right next to the skateboard park some guys playing basketball. And this one guy was playing basketball, he looked about 35 years old, and I'm a little bit older than that. <laughs> but I, I felt a sudden compulsion to, act, to challenge him to a game of horse. <laughs> and I beat him. <laughs> His name was Ben. It's Ben. So then I really got in the flesh. <laughs> I challenge you to a game of one-on-one. Game of basketball, me against him, at full speed. It was a big mistake. (laughs) At one point, all these cramps hit me everywhere at the same time. (laughs) I thought I was going to fall down. I seriously wondered if I was going to have a heart attack because I was feeling so weird. (laughs) Don't, don't confess it, brother. But then, just so you know, I started hitting from the baseline, and I beat him at one-on-one too. Just so you know. Little prideful parentheses in there. But it wasn't worth it, because the next morning, and even this morning, I woke up with every muscle just screaming in my body. I, how, why? I haven't used those muscles, those basketball muscles, for a long time. I think I've got my point through. The second, we're intentional. The second help is desirability. God is giving us a revelation of how desirable God is, uh, pe- people are to God. How he loves them. How he cares, how they matter to him, how he has deep affection and delight, how he has planned to create each soul millions of years before into to eternity past. Each person, each person he thought about, he considered, he painted the picture of their life, their personality, what they would look like what their strengths were, what their sense of humor would be like, what their walk would be like, how many hairs would be on their head. He just, and he loves each design in his mind. And when he brought them forth, he, he and all the angels, hooray, another one that we created and another one that has potential to be bloodbought into the kingdom forever. And hopefully, you know, they'll come to Christ and be part of eternity with us in heaven. That's our desire. I'm not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. They're desirable to God. King David said, uh, is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show my kindness? No, that's not what he said. To whom I may show the kindness of God, I want to partner with God for God to blast Mephibosheth with his kindness And I'm partnering with him. It's not about my kindness. It's about God's. Once in a while, someone will say to me or one of our evangelists, wow, you really have a heart for souls. And I say, you know what? I always feel a little guilty when people say that to me. I don't go into a great explanation. I, 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 I do feel kind of privately a little guilty about it. Because I know that even though I do care about souls, it's not what drives me. It's not not what drives me for soul winning. It's God's care for souls. That's 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 what possesses me. He cares and he's committed. Committed enough to send his son to die on the cross. Committed enough to send his spirit to convict. Because we matter, we all matter to him. Every soul he created matters to God. And he wants that soul not only to, to be saved on the last day or when they die, but he wants that soul to experience a breaking off of the self destructiveness of sin. The, the way sin isolates, the way sin causes people to be uh, lonely and tainted and defiled. He wants those shackles to be broken off so that you and me and everyone else can experience the freedom of being fully human and whole as God's God's heart wants us to be. gonna give you a chance at the end of this talk to be saved. Get ready for that. Third, potentiality. Get a revelation of the incredible potential that people have for wholeness. God has given us an anointing as a church to see who and what people can be and build them into that wonderful person. Don't limit your own potential. If you own a pickup truck, put that pickup truck to full use. Don't be (laughs) like this. David went after Mephibosheth to give him the full potential of who he could be, who he could be as a royal son. And Ziba said to the king, There's still a son of Jonathan who's lame in his feet. So the king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, Indeed, he is the, in the house of Maker, the son of Amiel in Lodabar. Then King David sent and brought him out of the house of Maker, the son of Amiel in Lodabar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth? And he answered, here is your servant. So David said to him, do not fear. See, he was terrorized because he was hoping, you know, what's going to happen to me? And King David says, do not fear. And We help people be delivered from the terror of death. That's what we do. Chris asked someone, Do you know for sure if you were to die today, you're going to go to heaven on Mission Oregon trip? He said this, and the guy says, no, I don't know, and it terrorizes me. And Chris shared the gospel, clarified the gospel, that we don't have to taste death because Jesus tasted death for all of us. And that that young man was liberated into a new level called born-againness of wholeness. And delivered. Fear was broken off of him. Do not fear. For I will surely show you kindness. For Jonathan your father's sake. I love this. You know. It's such a picture of Jesus. We are showing kindness. To people. And the father is at work. In people's lives. By his spirit. Not just because he cares about them. But for Jesus sake. Just like. It's a picture, it's a type here. David ministered for Jonathan's sake, but he also cared deeply at the same time for the boy. And I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table, the royal table, continually. So gospel types in the story of Mephibosheth that brought him into new levels of wholeness. David reached out to him for... Jonathan's sake and we minister and the father and the spirit minister for Jesus sake as well as for the person's sake Mephibosheth was rescued from a serious fall have you been? we have been haven't we? The serious fall in Adam and Eve we've been delivered from the torment of fear we've been helped from childhood trauma in Christ. Many of us have had inner healing, and the ministry of the gospel has the blood of Christ has has ministered deeply to childhood trauma and abuse. We've, we've been restored to a royal family. We have been restored to the promised land. We have been provided the blessing of good food and provision. Someone say hallelujah. We've been brought into a no shame zone. Mephibosheth Jonathan had a must have had a some kind of momentary lapse of judgment because the name of, when he named his boy because well I mean it kind of has a ring to it Mephibosheth <laughs> but it means from the mouth of shame. Who names their kid shame? I mean. I forgive him, but I mean, you know, God does too. But to, to every time you sign your name, when you had all this other stuff go wrong in your life, and you sign your name shame, you kind of get a picture of what he was liberated from. I I don't know if they changed his name. Hopefully they did, but I know that if you ever feel shame or some of the some of the uh, some of the tape recordings or the or the recordings of emotional recordings of things you felt when you did experience shame growing up or in any time in your life. Sometimes the scab gets taken off and you, and you say like, wow, what I'm experiencing right now is not consistent with how bad a problem I'm having right now. It's like I'm taking the scab off of something else. God, by the blood of Christ, in fact, I want to put that on you right now. Close your eyes right now. Those of you who are at home, close your eyes and as a step of faith, no one's looking around, please. Will you raise up your hand if you would like Jesus Christ's blood? I'm not going to call you up or single you out. I'm just saying you want Jesus Christ's blood to touch points of shame from your past. Right now, just lift your hand up. All over the auditorium, people lifting their hands up. I say be released by the blood of Jesus from that shame. The, the blood of Jesus is flooding that shame and, and, and liberating you into wholeness as Meshibbeth got delivered from shame saw a sign at Western Oregon University, it said, your mistakes do not define you. That's what the blood of Jesus does. So what have we seen? What are some of the helps for serving someone into wholeness? One is, as a church, we're intentional about it. We mean business about that. It's our singular purpose. Part of it is recognizing how desirable people are to God and how desirable we are to God. And our amazing potential for helping people and for experiencing full measure of being human ourselves. These are some of the, some of the wonderful truths from the story of Mephibosheth. Three helps for, three helps for serving people into wholeness what the gospel does. The Ministry of the Gospel on Mission Oregon help minister people into wholeness. Stepping down for just a moment, coming right back, so don't touch that dial. Can't have the, the people... Oh, I did I'm not having the... Let's have the whole team come up here, and you can... i like you just to clap and praise God for, for their ministry this last week. The whole team from... Mission Oregon should come up here. Give them a hand. They represented us so well. And when you talk, when you come up here and talk. If I ask you to, not all of you are going to share. Some of you shared last night. Some are. We asked people to help us out with this. So, if Andrew, if you'd step right up here in the blue box, so. TV audience can see you, and, and I've asked one, two, three, four, five people to share for no more than three minutes, It'd be about two minutes each, an area that helped bring people into wholeness. First of all, physical healing. Andrew's going to share on physical healing, Chris on the prophetic, Stacy on deliverance, Anthony on salvation, Then I'm going to share a, a, a quick story on signs and wonders that happen. Go ahead, Andrew.
1: So, um, man. So uh, just to set the picture a little bit, the night before our last day or the morning of our last day, I asked everybody to tell their best story. And then I called God to better it. Do better than you did for the whole trip for the next day. So we go to Cottage Grove. And Jason and I and um, Austin are walking through Cottage Grove. And we come up to a guy. We get to pray for a guy that has his heart on and pray pray for, uh, um, have him step in place for um, a teacher of his that just got diagnosed with cancer. And he stepped forth. And then uh, we got to pray with a lady that got her back healed. And this is all as we're walking through Cottage Grove. But what's cool, how God ended it, is we go to the skate park, because we're going to the skate park. Walked about a mile to get there, and these five kids are right there, and we all, I call them forth and, and get them all around, and I say, you know what? Has anybody ever told you that God loves you guys? And then I say, what if I told you, if, I, if you said a really quick prayer with me, that I guarantee you would know God's real? and that you could feel him, truly feel him in your heart, and they all said, well, yeah, absolutely, well, so I lead all five the five, the five of these youth into um, a prayer of salvation, and right after we get done with the prayer of salvation, the one kid's like, "My well, my uh, could you pray for my elbow, my elbow's been killing me all day, and he's like, just moving his elbow, and I said, we will, just in a second, so because I, right after we do the salvation, we call forth the Holy Spirit, like we just did today, so as I'm calling forth the Holy Spirit on these, uh, these, uh, these young, young kids and they're asking the Holy Spirit within them, right in the middle of doing that, the one kid's like moving his elbow. He's like, the pain's gone. The pain's gone. How's that possible? The pain's gone. And, uh, and he couldn't stop talking about it. We, we prayed with him a few more times for other stuff. But um, he, c- he could not stop moving his arms around. It was like he was trying to find the pain again. <laughs> Amen. Right. Thank you.
0: So Anthony is going to share about a sal- uh, salvation experience. Thank you, Andrew. That was awesome. Thank you.
2: Yeah, good morning, church. Um, I remember we went to one of the Oregon State Universities, and as I was walking with Kelly, um, we uh, we met a young, handsome fellow. you know, and we were just and. Um, And uh, we asked him, uh, do you know, like, you know, God loves you? And do you know if you're going to go to heaven? And he straight away said, no, I don't think I'm going to go to heaven. But his answer took me back. You know, he said, you know, I'm just from sleeping with another man. And, you know, that took me back. But as, you know, then Kelly got to receive the word from the Lord. And he said to us, to tell the person, the the young boy, the young man, that we all have sinned and come short the glory of God. And Kelly led uh, the the demand, you know, to, you know, uh, through a confession and, uh, you know, repentance. And after that, he felt we saw like his even countenance, you know, lifted up. And I'm reminded about the story in Matthew, John eight, when uh, when the people led this woman who had committed adultery to God. This uh, the young man had committed homosexuality, and the Lord received him. You know what I mean, right away, and 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 so through the confession, and he was you know restored by God, and through John uh, John chapter eight, you know when the uh, when the people brought. The, the young lady to, to Jesus, Jesus wrote on the ground and he said, he who's without sin among you, let him throw the stone first, You know. Then after that also Jesus says, you know, woman, where are those who accuse you? Because every one of those people left. So sometimes when we meet people in homosexuality or transgender, let's try and bring them to, to Jesus. You know, some of them know you know, that they are wrong, you know. So in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Anthony. Thank you.
0: Well done. Stacy's going to share with us about a deliverance. There were several opportunities to break off demonic forces off of people. Tell us about one.
3: Good morning. So I think the one that sticks out the most with all of us, um, we had gone to the Eugene Skate Park and nobody was there. So we just decided to just pray over the area. And a girl happened to just be walking by herself. And Chris saw her. And he just said, hey, how's your day going? She was like, terrible. And of course, that was our cue to be like, yeah, (laughs) this is great.
4: Yeah, we
3: just all went into like, whoop mode. So we all went over and we were just I don't even remember what Chris said. Well, can we pray for you? And and she was like totally open. Yeah. Well, we asked we asked if we could pray for her, and she was like totally open. Then we said we came all the way from Medford for you. Jesus led us here to you, and it just broke her. She just started crying, and as we we started praying over her, and she was having um, just family difficulties, and um, she said that she knew Jesus. We just kind of like. Rededicated, they did the prayer of rededication, and then Andrew started to speak over um, generational curses, and he started. He had told her to repeat after him, and she began to just break generational curses, and we knew that it was really a spirit of divination. I got, I picked up perversion, and as she was, and we were just laying hands, she just, she just. Sorry, she just threw up. Like she just, like literally, like uh, so threw up. Yeah,
1: that,
3: that yeah. She sternum. literally oh. threw up from the deliverance of it.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, but she was totally like, she was just her life was changed, and wow. yeah, Fantastic. it Fantastic. was yeah, it was just amazing. Um, what amazed me is that she's like, sorry, this has happened before. So that kind of like, so I I just really have been praying over her that this time sticks, you know, and that there was really, and you could tell that it really wrecked her. Because I watched her, and she sat in her car until we finally left, and I think we were there about 20, 25 minutes. And she was just like in her car, so you know that she was just really wrecked for Jesus. It was beautiful.
0: Amen. Thank you, Stacy. Chris is going to share about one of the expressions of the prophetic.
4: Yeah, so um, speaking of Eugene, like that's where kind of things really happened. I mean, we were, getting, we were getting stuff in every town. I'm not trying to downplay that, but Eugene was really special to us this time. Um, when we got to Eugene and the skate park, it started at the skate park with that girl and then we went into the, there's a little place right behind the skate park. It's, we called it Tent City. Um, that was our nickname for it. And I, I think that's nicknames for the Portland ones and two. This is a big one, like, stretched probably about a quarter mile. And um, just tent after tent. And you can see all kinds of demonic stuff going on there. Um, felt like there was prostitution and drugs and all kinds of stuff going on there. But um, So we got there and... We walked over from the skate park, and we went over this little hill, and then Holy Spirit like hit, hit Stacey really hard. She was getting tongues of fire, and and then things started breaking out. Like you can see that even the demonic were just like you can feel it, just like the, the um, tension between the, the um, forces of evil trying to come against God, and it wasn't happening. <laughs> it was pretty radical. Like our whole hearts were just in it. You felt like you were walking in the kingdom. Um, to the point where, like, um, we were people were. Um, by the time we were done, people were coming to us for prayer instead of us going to find them. They were actually looking for us. And one of the guys, um, Andrew, was talking to this guy over because um, there's a couple of streets you got to cross at different moments to get to the to different tent cities. And Andrew was like, "Me, me and Stacy and Jason." I think we were walking around, and maybe Jim, I can't remember Jim was with us, at a, yeah, Jim, we were just walking around just praying and, and stuff like that, and then Andrew was engaged with one guy, and we didn't want to interrupt it at first, because him and um, Austin were engaged with this one guy, and for like 20 minutes, they were talking with him about um, music, and just different things, like different prophetic stuff, but then me and Stacy and and, all, and um, Jim and Jason started walking by, and Andrew called us over for um, for more prayer, and as soon as I walked over there, I was like, "I see you as a DJ," <laughs> and he just starts like he's just blown away, like what, <laughs> and just taken aback from because they were just talking for twenty minutes about music, and we had no idea. Um, and then and then Stacy goes, "Yeah, and a drummer boy," and then he talks about how how special like drums were to him for so long, and that he and he's uh, he DJs, too, also with music, and and but we just started sharing with him like who do you want to DJ for? Do you want to DJ for the world or do you want to DJ for the kingdom of God? And I started seeing prophetically like his music shaking people's hearts to the core. And, um, and God wants to use him in a very awesome way with that. And
1: he was actually talking about it like, just before I came out,
0: I, about, I over. i He was talking about all that. All the things that you were talking about personally with him, mm-hmm. then these guys came in on the scene and prophesied it. So that was a sign and a wonder. That's the power of the prophetic. So give these guys a hand. This is a part of the team. Really awesome. Really beautiful job. We didn't have time for everybody to share, but it's a sample. And we had some share last night. But let's stand up right now, everybody. And, and uh, what this is is it represents, uh, represents our efforts in approaching over 1,000 people. With the gospel, with the great news. Doing our best to share with over a thousand people. And that's what we figured it was, it was, it was just over a thousand people that we, we estimate we did, in fact, uh, uh, minister to. Even if it was just, uh, you know, Jesus loves you, has a great plan for your life, you know. Um, with our partnership with God to say, God, we know you want to bring people into full wholeness forever. We praise you and we thank you for the opportunity to partner with you over these five days. These five days in 20 different cities all around Oregon, we prayed over each city and established the kingdom of heaven and blessed the churches of that, those cities, all in your name, and we felt the prayers and we thank you for all the prayers that were supporting the prayers for us in that effort. And we were touched by signs and wonders, too. And we, as a, as a people of God, we need signs and wonders. I mean, what I, I mentioned to you that, that the last, the last, uh, after the last city, 120. Then a few hours later, I realized that today was Pentecost Sunday. 120 were in the upper room when the spirit fell. I mean, that's a sign and a wonder to me. I, I thought that was a pretty cool sign and a wonder. And another one for us, as well as for the people involved, was Andrew ran into someone in the, elevator, in the elevator of a small town called Cresswell. In one of the many hotels that are in that city, the one we were in on that particular day, in that moment, Andrew was in a, into, the, into the elevator, and they said, hey, you guys ministered to us three days ago in Medford in a park. Yeah. And you know, it's like this. I was, is God trying to tell you something, folks? Sign and a wonder. Sign and a wonder. Yeah. Put your hands on your heart. Mention mentioned you'd have a chance to be saved and get started in coming to wholeness. If you don't come to Christ, you'll not come to wholeness. If you want to get started, coming to wholeness. If you're in the auditorium here or at home, I'm not going to call you forward, but I'm going to pray a prayer with you. If you want to start with Jesus today, just raise your hand so I can see it. Here in the sanctuary. You want to get a start with Jesus today? Okay? Some recommitment. Always, yeah. And uh, those at home, same thing. Say this after me, church. I call, me, I call upon you to save me, Jesus. I believe God raised you from the dead. I believe God raised you from the dead. You are my Lord. You are my Lord. Romans 10 says. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You just did that. So if you call on the name of the Lord, you're saved. Your spirit's been born again. It also said, we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. We shall be saved. There's a wonderful Jesus life that's begun for you today. Tell or text or call a Christian friend you respect right now. Let him know you asked Jesus into your heart. They'll help you grow into the abundant life and joyous, supernatural life that Jesus has for your destiny and what he created you for in full wholeness in him. Amen and amen. We love you, church, and we thank you for being with us today. Have a a great day.